Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I have with us today, it's becoming a recurring theme, I think, Mondays, having remarkable guests, uh, and they keep getting better and better. And no offense to last Monday or the Monday before, you guys are great. (laughs) And next Monday, no offense to you, today's guest. But I'll tell you this, um, I don't think that we're going to get anytime soon uh, a more powerful mind on this show. Now, I know some of you want to talk conspiracy, and I know some of you, I think one of the funniest things, speaking of conspiracy, one of the funniest things I saw was a picture of Epstein, and the caption said, Building 7 didn't kill itself. And I thought, well, you know, hey, if we're going to keep going with this, and if we're going to open people's minds to the possibility that maybe they've been lied to, or maybe what they believe to be true isn't necessarily true, even when they believe it about themselves. These are the things that we want you to know. These are the things that we want you to think about. Um, Never be locked into a mindset. Uh, And this is, this is the big thing. You will go through life believing a certain thing about yourself and never really pushing more because, because you're right, right inside your mind. Henry Ford said it best when he said, whether you think you can or you think you can't either way, you're right. So if inside your mind, you've got this limitation on you, that's where you're going to stay. And if you decide you want to step it up, if you decide you want to do all the stuff, you think to yourself, I can't do that. But why you can do that, and this is what one of our, my guests today is going to actually hammer out a whole bunch of great stuff on this topic, but why you can do that and, and the proof that you can do that without even lifting a finger right now is every single thing that you have in your life right now is the result of the effort that you've put in. So if you change your mentality, if you change your mindset, if you change certain things about yourself, the results change. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's not anything difficult or complicated. It's action, reaction. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have the powerful man with me. That's Tim Matthews. He and I have uh, run on the same circles. He's, uh, he's done some really amazing things and I've admired him from afar. Uh, he is He's a mover and shaker uh, in all aspects of everything. And he, just like you and I, all started with the same, you know, same two hands, two feet, and a heartbeat. Uh, and he's, he's changing lives, and he's helping people. And this podcast today is going to be speaking, I think, directly to the hearts of the man sitting there going, what else? What more? How much more can we do this? And ladies, why this one's good for you as well is it's going to give you an insight into what men are truly thinking and, and sort of what what we're really doing in the wake of all these movements and all these people everywhere getting offended. We have Tim Matthews. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, wow. I was just sitting here on the other side of the camera. Obviously we can see each other, right? Just engrossed in in such a great intro. Wow. Thank you for that. (laughs) Well, I meant every word. um, And I, everything I do over here is a little bit off the cuff. I don't, uh, for a copywriter, I don't have the ability to write a script. And I also don't think that you can get any authenticity off of a script or even bullet form. I mean, you and I went 
what time is it now? So we got on the phone. We've been, we went over maybe seven minutes of kind of generally what we want to talk about. And that's probably going to take up the whole hour, the whole 40 minutes or however we, however long we end up going. This could be four hours, ladies and gentlemen. We don't know at this moment in time. <laughs> easily, easily. Yeah. It's, it's so, you touched on so much gold in those opening sections. Light bulbs are going off all over. Uh, and I, I'm the guy that's been interviewed. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. What do you, what do you want to talk about? I mean, normally right now I'd say, how do you feel about this? But if you, if, if I inspired anything right there, um, I want you to jump into it because I want you, I want you to talk about, I want you to talk about your journey. Really. I want you to, to just simply share yourself. Um, your listeners will probably be listening to this too, but this will be, this will be your, your, I mean, you have such a powerful message and the only way to get a message that powerful is to have seen some shit. So <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit. True. Very true. Yeah, let's dive in. So just in answer to your question, brother, you said if if that sparked anything within you, you said a line there that I have actually never heard before. And it was great. You know, the same two hands and feet and a heartbeat. And, you know, it's true. You know, I'm not sat here on the other side of, uh, you know, the the camera, let's say, as soon as you Mm -hmm. and I can speak, see one another. Um, Although we've achieved some some great things, it's amazing what can be achieved with consistency, right? You know, it takes me back to I'm, I'm 34 years old now. Uh, so, so really, I was about to say my life started to take off, let's say, quote unquote. You know, when has it have ever taken off, right? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the view's always different. Uh, but it felt like it had taken off when I was about 29 years old. Um, I started to because for the first 29 years of my life, oh my God, I was, I was paralyzed. I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. On the outside, to everybody else, I didn't look like I was. Right? You know, we work with so many men who, you know, have have gone after money, thinking money was going to be the answer for them. They've made it. They've achieved it. Yet. You know, when you look back, there's a, there's a trail of destruction. Relationships are falling apart. The health is non-existent. They feel worse now having got the money than they did when they didn't have it because now they've got everything they thought was going to be the answer. But they're left off, you know, they're left feeling even worse, even more empty and, and lost, let's say. And I was kind of there. Um, well, I was there. Um, maybe not to the degree of some of the men we work with in terms of you know the, the millions uh, of dollars or pounds that they turn over. But I was doing okay, you know, doing six figures. It was you know, it was good for me back then. But everything was a real pattern of stress, struggle, and sacrifice. Everything. Now you talk about working hard or working smart. My God. Uh, I worked hard. Mm-hmm. I wore it like a badge of honor. I don't know if you've ever done that, but oh, yeah. <laughs> for a lot of guys I see or we work with, you know, they come to us and it's almost like, you know, I spoke with one guy today and he said, oh, how's your day been so far? I'm like, oh, it's been great. Explained a little bit about it. And he's like, oh, are you busy? I'm like, do you know what? No, I'm just, I'm just good. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of taken a bit aback by that. Like, you know, busyness is a good thing. And if you're busy, then you've made it. And that's what I used to think, and really that didn't do me any justice. I heard a line the other day, Adam, that says, productive action leads to space because you're actually taking the time to build the things that are going to give you time and space, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're really, quote-unquote, successful, then you shouldn't be busy. 
right? Because you'll have some space. Or, or you may choose to be busy because you may choose to be growing. But anyway, bringing it back to where I was, what I didn't realize at the age of 29 was that um, underneath all of the effort and the pride I took in working long hours and hustling and you know grinding it out and listening to all those messages uh, from certain people in the personal development space, I just didn't feel good enough at all. I didn't feel worthy of what I wanted. And it wound me up in a position where I was in a relationship, I was engaged. I think it was about 28, actually. I was engaged due to get that I shouldn't be doing it. I knew it. I knew that I shouldn't be with, uh, with that woman. Mm-hmm. But I just kept going through. I was, I was too afraid. So every step of the way, when I bought the ring, when I proposed, when we booked the wedding, when we bought the house, everything was screaming at me not to do it. But I was so afraid of, I think I was afraid of rejection. I was afraid of, of calling it off. Now, was that, was that if, you, if you sort of look back on it, knowing now what you know, is that afraid of rejection from her or afraid of rejection from you continuing the path that you were on? And what I mean by that is, you know, we're told North America, uh, you as well, the Western world is told, you know, get the house, get the job, get the, get the fancy car, get the wife. And you, it sounds to me, were on very much a driven path based on what you were told to do. So do you think you were afraid of rejection or do you think you were afraid of not taking the proper next step in with regards to the information that we had in our minds at the time? Yeah, I think I was lying to myself. You know, I think I was, there's a term optimistic denial. I was being, I was one of those guys that was living with optimistic denial. I think that's how I live my life half the time. I like that term, optimistic denial. <laughs> everything's great, I swear. Yeah, everything's great. How are you doing? Yeah, good. But then really you're crumbling inside. It's okay to say that you're not doing okay, right? It is. So, it is okay. And that, okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to cut you off again, Tim. Okay. That's huge. It is okay to say it's not okay. It is okay to, to ask for help. It is okay to, to, to really put yourself out there because there's nobody except for yourself that's being hurt by you not doing it. So it is okay. Anyone listening to this, reach out, reach out. I'm going to cut it right now. I'm going to say, reach out to me, Info at the Mid Mastery Alliance. Reach out to Tim. Facebook, the powerful, what is it? It's facebook.com, the powerful man, Tim Matthews. He'll answer you. He'll get back to you. So ask questions, ladies and gentlemen. And say it's okay. Sorry, yeah. Tim, carry on. No, it's all good. You know, those first 28 years of my life, I didn't do that, Adam, at all. No. I didn't ask questions. I, I was very much a lone wolf. And I took pride in being able to try and... <laughs> Back then, I told myself... I took pride in being able to figure it out on my own. Yeah, I didn't really figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. <laughs> because I got stress, struggle, and sacrifice, right? So in answer to your question, was, was I afraid of rejection? Um. Well, I'll tell you what else was going on, and maybe there's a pattern that will appear here, mm-hmm. um, one I've not seen before. So I was in that relationship. I knew I shouldn't have been in it, but I did it anyway. Um, I was then getting robbed of you know tens of thousands of pounds in a bad bad business deal I should never have gone into. I went into our desperation mm-hmm. and neediness because I was just desperate for some kind of success. Um, I'd recently, you know, a couple of years prior, almost died from taking too many drugs. I used to sedate myself with you know on a weekend i want to escape my life so i'd do it by going out and partying and you know being the the jack the lad right mm-hmm. uh one night i pushed it too far i remember it was like there was just this this void inside me that i just couldn't fill and anything i took i just needed more and more and more and 
That was and, basically the pattern across my life with money. That's, that's not just substance. That's people, that's relationships, that's money, that's yeah. business, that's ideas. A void that could never be filled. I'm very yeah. familiar with that void. Very familiar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a painful, it's a very confusing place to be, you know, because you don't really know you're in it. Because again, on the surface to everybody else, I was doing all the right things. So there was the drugs, there was a the relationship, there was a business deal. The business that I had at the time, it was a fitness franchise. Uh, we franchised the business out to other franchisors. And, you know, it was doing well, but we kept attracting these problem customers. I'd undercharge for my services. I would have problems with my staff. I'd just be putting out fires. And I met a good friend of mine. I just, just randomly one night that I wasn't even supposed to be going out. Went out last minute, as you do, bumped into this guy, had a conversation, it changed my life. And he was younger than me, working far fewer hours than I was from anywhere in the world, earning more money, helping more people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. And I'm here with the office working the 15-hour days, engaged, with the, doing all the right things, quote-unquote, and here's the other guy doing it his way, and it really got me to take inventory of my life. And at that point, I saw this thread of the everywhere, the, the business deals, the relation, everything. And what, I, what it came down to for me was all my life for those 28 years, I just ignored what my gut instinct was telling me to do. Mm-hmm. My instinct was to not do the business deal to do more due diligence, but I didn't, to protect myself with agreements, but I didn't. Instinct was to not buy the engagement ring, to not propose, to not get the house, to not book the wedding, but I did it out of desperation. Same with the, the fitness franchise. That was the theme. It was desperation. I was trying to grasp at something um, because underneath all of it, although I was doing all the right things underneath it, I just felt insecure. Of course. And on that note too, ladies and gentlemen, if you ignore your intuition long enough, it gets compressed and becomes anxiety. So the more you, you keep pushing down, like, like Tim had said, you know, I didn't want to get, you know, I shouldn't get the ring. I shouldn't do the business that on the, on the surface is one of those, man, I shouldn't, eh, but you let it go deeper and deeper and deeper. And next thing you know, your heart's racing and your anxiety's up, your levels are up, your blood pressure's up. Things aren't making too much sense. And you're making even more poor decisions. Yeah, totally. You know, I liken it to a, to a cup. So I've got a, a shake here full of water. While, how I like to think of it is you know, back then I'd drive to meetings and in between meetings I'd be listening to different audiobooks and different programs. And you know, I thought I was doing all the right things. I was shoving more and more information in. But if you imagine a cup of water, it's already got water in and it's been there for years let's say it's stagnant water and you pour more fresh water in what happens it doesn't replace the stagnant water the cup just overflows and that's kind of like i was i was pouring more in more of these messages of perseverance and work harder and grind it out and you just need to go another day all those things on that same analogy on that same analogy if you if if you're talking about a stagnant cup that stagnant cup then relates to the ideologies that you've lived with in your life up until 28. So that stagnant cup of water that you are consuming, that you're drinking from, that's giving you sustenance is old, old ideologies. And you're pouring in new information. That new information, like you said, is overfilling, but you're also consuming it as well. So it is overfilling maybe, but you're also consuming it. So it is 
essentially on the surface, it appears to be replenishing you. Um, but the reality is you're pouring new information into piss poor ideologies or piss poor framework or an old broken casket. So dump that whole glass out and start fresh. Life exactly. That's why I had to do. I had to empty the glass. Mm-hmm. I had to empty the glass. I had to become aware of, you know, what was really there. And quite frankly, Adam, it's not as hard as we like to think, is it? You know, if you're stuck in a position, whether it's in a job that you dislike or a relationship or whatever, it's not that difficult. It's not difficult at all for you to be able to become aware of why you're there. Cause quite usually most of the times you've got something scratching away on your back. So yeah. like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, but you're just avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you actually shine a light there, it's, it often reveals a lot of the answers. You, you are in control. You, one of the things that people will say, I think Dane Cook, uh, you know, I do a lot of quotes when I do my interviews. Dane Cook, Dane Cook, years ago, he was a comedian. Nobody remembers him now. That's okay. He was a, he was a one-hit wonder. But one of his lines uh, that made me laugh, and still to this day, um, holds uh, double entendres, multiple purposes. He says, why don't you just break up with him? I can't break up with him, Susan. It's not that simple. My CDs are in his truck, you know? And, and that just makes me laugh because it, it was a funny delivery. Obviously, I did it no justice, but <laughs> my CDs are in his truck. Uh, and today, people don't even know what CDs are. So that's how old Dan Cook is. Um, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it made me laugh back then, but it holds true now because people will make up any excuse. And the thing too is when you switch that excuse, I believe when you switch that excuse from why you can't to why you can, the world opens up because legitimately everything is inside your head. It's all there. You create the disdain. You create the disparity on, on note two, ladies and gentlemen, Tim has said quote unquote numerous times in this podcast. And I want to put inside your head that every time he says it, he's actually doing air quotes with his fingers. So now that's a nice visual for you guys. <laughs> Tim, what, uh, where did you go from here? What, what was, uh, what was your next, your next, what was what was the breaking point? What was the, the, what was the gosh, damn, darn shenanigans? This isn't for me. Mm. Was there, was there one or was there, was it, was it, it was a series of things. Did you fade out or did you break? So this, this happened when I met this friend of mine, um, I became aware of, of what was going on in my life in around, I think it was September time, September, October time. Um, and my mum and dad were about to put, I don't know, I think it was about 20,000 uh, pounds down on the wedding that they couldn't get back. They paid the deposit, which was non-refundable. And they were about to put this, you know, 20,000 pounds down. And at the same time, I become aware of this, this string, this web of lies that I'd been living mm-hmm. that clearly wasn't working for me because now I'd seen this guy in the real flesh who was doing all of the things that I knew to be possible. And he's right, he stood right there and he doesn't have an extra limb. He doesn't, not yeah. got a huge, he's not got a brain oozing out of his ears. He's not, you know, he's, he's one of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called the wedding off. Um, I called the wedding off. I didn't move into the house. I never moved into the house. I got rid of the business partner. I got rid of all the franchisees and I moved back in with my parents and I went about doing it doing it, doing life, quote unquote, uh, my way for the first time ever. And quite frankly, that was to listen to my gut instinct and just 
harness the courage to follow it, even with the simplest of decisions of, hey, do I want to go, do I want this coffee? Rather than, ah, I'll just have it anyway. Do I want it? Do I yes want or it? no? And just, just muster the muscle because I was so afraid before of speaking my voice. I just people please. So I'd avoid confrontation with staff. I would undercharge for services in business. I'd avoid confrontation relation. I just wanted to be liked. There's two things I want to touch on with that. Uh, undercharge for business. First, first and foremost, uh, I'll talk on that because it's pretty quick. But you, there's something that you glossed over, which was the timeline. Uh, I'll get back to that. So what I wanted to say on undercharging is when you undercharge, you undervalue. So to anyone listening to this, when they're, when they're launching their program, when they're talking about their message, because if you know inside your heart that you've got something to say, do it. Get out there and say it. Then surround yourself with the people that are already giving a message and learn how to properly deliver it. Learn what, what programs are out there because everything's out there. If you've got something to say, you could literally start an online business with probably 1500 bucks in your pocket. Oh, easy. Um, easily. So this is, you know, all that really comes down to is you believing in yourself. And like Tim said, he didn't have a third limb. He wasn't some space <laughs> alien. He was a guy with an idea. And the only reason that that idea hit Tim at the time was because Tim at the time was susceptible to that idea because that idea mm -hmm. had probably been hitting him time and time and time again mm -hmm. until he was ready to hear it. So this also applies to you, to the person listening to this right now who's saying this can't happen to me. Um, now that leads me into mm, the follow-up on that one was you said, I didn't get married. I didn't go into the house. I moved back in with my parents. I kicked my business partner out. And then we, we started talking about something else. Uh, the most important part about that whole scenario is how much time did all of that take and what was going through your head while you were unloading these people and these situations in this scenario? Um, this, is in, this is because this is insight that people, people like you and me that have lived through this, we don't necessarily think necessarily about the timeline or about what we were thinking because every single one of those decisions was like a thousand knives in your heart, I would assume, but you knew it was the right one to make. So you went balls to the wall against everything you've ever stood for and followed mm -hmm. your gut. I would assume, I'm assuming that that's what took place. Yeah. I mean, for me, it'd been brewing for a long time. It'd been brewing for like the relationship from the point of getting engaged, the point of, um, it was about a year from engagement to when I called it off. So a lot of things had happened and I, I tolerated so much. And here's the thing, we're taught to persevere and tolerate pain. However, if you become less tolerant to pain, the quality of your life will increase dramatically, quickly. Less tolerant to certain pains, other people's certain pains, pains, inflicted yeah. pains, those that people are inflicting on you and you're yeah. trying to save yourself. There's there's another quote again. You've got me pulling out all these quotes. I absolutely <laughs> adore this one. And it is um, avoid conflict in reality and create conflict in the mind. So if you avoid for the sake of peace, if you avoid a conflict with another individual, you're creating more conflict in your mind and eventually that will break. So from that's what happened with me. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah, and so from the point of, of you said, I broke up with a girlfriend. I got rid of the business partner. I moved back in with my parents. I never took the house. How long did all that take? Uh, so from September, by the Christmas time, I'd got obviously ended the, the relationship and whatnot, didn't move into the house. Um, I got rid of the business partner. 
And I think it was a couple months after that, that I'd started to restructure the fitness business. Cause that took a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to get certain things in place in order to essentially what we did is we got rid of the franchisees and instead of having them paying us a franchise fee, we then brought them in house and they delivered stuff for us as paid staff effectively. I restructured the business model and I moved online because I wanted to work from anywhere in the world mm-hmm. instead of having the office. So I got rid of the office as well. Uh, for me, Adam, what I've realized is uh, if I don't take action quickly and rip a bandaid off, then I don't do it. Hmm. Okay. But then on the flip side to that, I'll into- I used to then tolerate so much to the point where it's, it's unbearable that you've got to rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you when you push yourself, it's like you think you're ripping the bandaid off, but it took you weeks to put your fingers on the bandaid. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, exactly. Staring at it for a year. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's incredible. I've, I've actually I've had I've had people reach out to me uh, and talk about you know, it's because you know, I myself I'm only 39, and uh, it's funny because it was around 20 29 that I really started giving this uh, the coaching thing a go. Um, the, the life coach and the business coaching. Uh, and I started off as a sales coach. So when we talk about, you know, I'm listening to your story and I laugh because there's so many similarities like that. The, the filling of the void was huge. Mm. Uh, I never filled that void. I pushed and pushed and pushed. I never filled that void until I, essentially until I became sober, like completely sober. And it's not like I felt like I had issues or I had to do this or I had to change this, that, and the other thing. It was the fact that I had consumed so much in, in, in the majority of my life and nothing had done it that the one thing I hadn't mm-hmm. tried was not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then, so when, when you realize that you can consume virtually any drug uh, and any alcohol and, and, and women are abundant and there's this and there's that, and there's, you know, there's a sale to be made all over the place. You, you know, you really have to push, you really have to push. Um, and the whole sobriety thing, it's funny because when you say you're sober, um, there's this, there's this mental distinction that society gives you. And this comes down to, you know, what we've seen on TV, what we watch alcohol, for example, you have to, you have to defend not drinking. You know, if you say to somebody, yeah. if you say to somebody, I don't drink, then they say, what's wrong with you? Somebody, yeah. Some things was wrong with you. I got it yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And then, and I actually, I went on, I went on a rant about this. Uh, uh, I think it was either my last episode or the one before. When I said, uh, and, and this is for Tim's sake and anyone else that's listening, it was a funny rant. Uh, I'll toot my own horn on that one. But it was heroin. It was talking about heroin. You never went out for, we never went out at lunch with your cronies for a couple of lunch heroines, you know, a couple of a quick, <laughs> quick shots of heroin at lunch, you know, and then back to work. Nothing too much, just, just a needle or two. Nothing too much. You know? <laughs> right? and, and that's it. But it's okay to consume alcohol because they told us it was. Um, it's and the same it's, mechanism, right? It, yeah. It's the same it, searching. It's 100%, but it also dumbs you down and it keeps you in a fog and it keeps you in a haze. So when you, when you give it up, you know, the addiction that comes from looking forward to something and achieving something far supersedes the idea of holding on to something. Mm. And I think that that, you know, that that's a, a massive, massive uh, reach uh, and extension. So you have this, this void and essentially you do the same thing. Like when you were in your consumption phase and when you were in your, um, you know, I'll stick with a consumption phase. It consisted mm-hmm. of, it consisted of people's energy. It consisted of alcohol. It consisted of the party. It consisted of who you were. Sex, drugs, yeah. money. Yeah. All of it. Right. 
Yeah. And, and then you think to yourself, well, like, what is this? What's this all about? What am I, where am I, what am I doing? And how many times And this, every single listener right now has woken up one morning and gone, what in the hell did I do last night? Where mm-hmm. am I? Why am I here? But when that becomes like the norm and you have to like drink or to do some sort of drug to like get back to zero. I'll work more. Some guys turn to the office and work yeah. more because you know, it's why they get the significance, right? Work more, more sex, more random connections with mm-hmm. useless people. Cars, homes, holidays, watches, women. Yeah, whatever it is that you're filling the void. Unless it's purpose-driven, I don't think that you're going to find your happiness. And that, no. that, that's a huge, huge, huge step. So you've, done, you've now done this amazing turnaround. You've gotten rid of all the stuff. You dumped out the glass that we talked about. And now you're filling it with new stuff. So where did you go from here? And how long did it take you? Because right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim Matthews, the world-renowned, powerful man. <laughs> from coast to coast, my oh, friend. Adam, just say that. Let me, go grab, <laughs> let me go grab Amelia, my girlfriend, and bring her in while you say that again. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can soundbud it. I did record it. From yeah. continent to continent, the world-renowned. Well, you've been in a few shows over here. So, I mean, you're speaking and, you're, and your prowess. It's not something that is rubbed in anyone's face, but it is something that is found when somebody needs to find it. And I urge any one of my listeners to reach out to him, the powerful man, Tim Matthews. You'll find him. We'll drop you. We'll also give you some links uh, and all that sort of stuff in the, in the content. But why I had to have him on the show is, is we're, we're, we're halfway through his story. We've gotten to the point where he's broken and now he's about to start rebuilding. But his story is a phenomenal one. And it's something that people need to hear. And it's something that if, if you're listening to this story and you're saying to yourself, I need to get up and I need to get going of the millions and millions of listeners that my show obviously has. If one of you, billions, billions, B? I think, yeah, B, B? I think, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a billion people listening to this show right now. Um, if one of you reaches out to Tim and he changes your life or you change your life based on the actions that you've taken. And one of those actions being reaching out to Tim, then this whole thing is all worth it. So sure, yeah. now let's jump back into, again, in all seriousness, how did you become the powerful man? Wow. Well, that, and that to me is because, I mean, right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking with Tim Matthews, but he is the powerful man. And the powerful man is an image. The powerful man is a brand. The powerful man is a mentality that creates liberation from the weak man who you may currently be mm, wow and uh great question i just is it okay if i touch on the void with one thing before we dive into this absolutely please by all so, means here's what i've found to be true so obviously as you know adam we've worked with a few hundred businessmen by this point um and there's been a pattern that we've seen so we actually call it the void that's where the guys are when they come to us they're trapped in the void and a lot of the guys don't know they're there. And what we've found is usually there are five agonies that the men cycle through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first agony is greed. And this isn't to say that they're greedy men. It's just whatever they achieve, they're just never satisfied. Whether mm-hmm. it's money or homes, or they're always chasing the elusive carrot on the stick and never arriving. Which then leads to the second agony of anger. Because they then go home on an evening and instead of being able to switch off and connect with the wife and the kids, they're overflowing with all the stuff they didn't get done in the day, all the stuff they've got to do tomorrow. And then before they know it, they're, they're snapping at the kids or they're snapping at the wife. And 
They know they shouldn't be doing it. They know they don't want to do it, but they don't know how to stop it. And they're so used to being able to have all of the answers. For this, they don't. And it causes anger, which then leads to the third agony of shame because they know that they're not being the father that they really want to be or the husband or the man. You know, they're even snapping at the staff or pouring that whiskey or working late when the wife goes to bed, getting up exhausted, skipping workouts, and chasing the next dollar or the next pound. And it leads to a place of then loneliness, which is the fourth agony, because they realize that whenever they're around the people they love, their behavior is destructive. So it's easier for them to pull away in their, in their mind. It's easier for them to pull away from friends, from family. They start to miss the kids' school plays. They start to you know, miss dinner with the kids, which then leads to the fifth agony of uncertainty because the wife isn't going to stay around forever with this behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the staff aren't going to stay around forever with, without any appreciation and nothing ever being good enough. And they're just waiting for, which domino, for a domino to fall, uncertain on which one it is. So, you know, if for me, that's definitely what I was experiencing when I was in the void as well. And like I said, it's, it's, we've seen it, it's like clockwork. They cycle from one, boom, to the second, to the third, to the fourth, to the fifth. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know whether anyone listening is there, obviously. Uh, but Oh, I, I would assume that everybody is at, at, in, in some way or another, uh, to be honest with you, because... Well, as I sit there and I listen to that, I'm listening to you and I'm applying it to me. And I, I sit and, and one of the ma- main messages that I, I push out there is that everything that you do for you uh, echoes in the universe. So when you talk about trying to you know fill your voids and when you talk about drinking leading to uh, shame, leading to weakness, leading to avoidance, leading to other people feeling a certain way about you, that is the result of you having created an energy within yourself that is then being reciprocated mm. by other people and then being reflected back to you, causing you yourself more pain. So when you yourself work on you and acknowledgement of these levels that you spoke of, you're predominantly creating a new and improved and more powerful you based on your view of you, which mm-hmm. will then, which will then radiate out into the universe and then have that reflected back on you. So it really all does come down to you and people aren't doing things to you. Nine no. out of 10 times people are reacting to you. They're a mirror, right? Yes. For the most part. Yes. For the most part. And then you can say to yourself, well, am I a mirror to somebody else? A hundred percent. You are, yeah, you live, sure. Anyone listening to this right now doesn't understand, or not, not that you don't, I'm not taking that anybody doesn't understand. I'm just saying the majority of people don't give it a second thought that they will react to somebody based on them. They, that if somebody pissed me off, my energy can go from being completely jovial and it normally is. So my energy right now is so jovial and I'm having a good time and everything in life is going well. But if you snap at me or, or unleash your negativity on me, well, now you've changed my view of you. And even though you're a mere fraction in my day, you are your entirety. So if I'm just a fraction in your day and you've unleashed some bullshit on me and I, <laughs> and I turn my back on you, I then go on for the rest of my day just being me, doing my thing. But yeah, if you exactly piss off exactly somebody, 
Yeah. And if you piss off somebody else, then that person's going to react shitty to you. So now you've got two or three people that are going out of their way to treat you like such shit, blah, 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 because you haven't realized that it's your bullshit actions that have caused the pain that is constantly coming back to you. You want to change that? that? Become positive. People say, I don't know how to become positive. Well, there are people that can help you become positive. (laughs) Yeah. And listen, it's not that you don't know how. We live in a world today where information is more readily available than ever before. So, you know, it's, it's really not that people don't know how, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and it's all about commitment, right? What are you committed to? I, ne- and I never used to get this. Mm. I never used to get it. And this is one of the things I love about psychedelics. I don't know if we can talk about that or not. I'm a huge uh, fan of Terrence McKenna. Um, so, yes. and, and my drug of choice now, if I were, I haven't, again, I've been sober for over two years now, but um, I love the idea even when i was a kid of mushrooms magic mushrooms yes. were, ne- were never uh to me they were never a recreational drug i mean they were the first few times but i really enjoyed what they represented and i enjoyed perfect way to say it, yeah i enjoyed the hangover the next day because you're you're left with sort of your thoughts of a new uh, a new mm. reality and and it's really really comforting um it's not even something that you have to do with a, a group of people if you did you know a, a handful of mushrooms a small handful ladies and gentlemen be safe Uh, and, and just sort of sat in your own thoughts, some crazy stuff would happen and some crazy realizations would come. There's a reason that a natural growing fungus is deemed illegal by the majority of the government. Yes. The majority of the people, the overrulers, ladies and gentlemen, there's the conspiracy aspect of things, right? Although alcohol is more addictive and mushrooms are not in the slightest. Not in the least. Mushrooms are not addictive. They're fun. They're, they're a good time. Uh, the, the thing about liquor too, right, is like nobody, nobody did mushrooms and went and <laughs> beat their family. Nobody smoked, nobody, <laughs> nobody smoked a joint and went and robbed a bank or, or crashed a car or, or wiped out anything. But there are laws and stringent rules against drinking and driving, against this, against that. Like people do dumb shit on alcohol and it's completely legit, legal and forced down the throats of people. Yeah. But that same government's like, don't smoke weed. Don't, don't eat mushrooms now. It's, it's kind of the problem, you know, why, why many guys arrive at our door is because they've fallen for that fallacy that in order to be successful, they've got to be making the money and having the house and having the holidays and having the car so they get caught in this never-ending trap. We call, they're in this hamster wheel of hustle forever chasing. And the thing that they're chasing is this false dream that's been painted by the media and by other, you know, by movies and TV shows and all the rest of it. And they end up living from the outside in instead of living inside out. And, you know, we take them through a a three-day process. And it's it's super simple what we get them to do. But they they land in the body. They arrive. They go from the lights from but nobody's home to physically beat. You can can see them. They they change. Their eyes are brighter. They look different. And it's... Mm -hmm. They realize that you know what you know. There's there's much more to life than money or the next house or car or whatever. And I'll I'll add to that as well. When you talked about movies and 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 that sort of stuff, and you see this this influence. Um, my addition to that is there are people out there right now listening to this going, I don't watch movies yet. I'm still in this position. Well, here's the thing. I was a at one time in my life a highly sought after sales coach. I taught people how to sell high ticket. I taught people how to get inside the minds of other people. I taught the the, the true art of the sale. 
Um, and what that really was, was essentially manipulation. Um, but what happens there is as somebody in that field, there are, there is uh, a lot of alcohol involved in sales, high pressure sales, uh, equals high pressure personalities. These people are watching television. These people are, uh, watching the Wolf of Wall Street. They're watching Boiler Room. They're experiencing these things. And even if you're one person that never watches TV and you're in this realm, you're exposed to their energy. So you consume with them. And you're not in competition with anything or you're not, in, you're not being influenced by anything other than your peers. And the peers, the peer pressure, the peer, the peer pressure, like we think of peer pressure and we think of back to when we were kids, like, oh, Tommy's doing it, so I should do it. That's not necessarily what peer pressure is. Peer pressure is, hey, here we are. This is what we're doing. Mm. Um, and, and sort of following along with that. Um, I am uh, just going to sort of finish that, that thought up. You've, um, you've mentioned that you have a, uh, we got to cut this one short and I, I actually extended it and then I didn't realize, you know, how much fun we were going to have. So <laughs> there's so many ways we could take this. Yeah. Are you, so many ways. are you, are you available Tim for, for another one of these calls? Are, are you yeah, available to come back sure. on for this? Yeah, Good, I'd love to. I don't think that we've even scratched the surface and I definitely no, would love no to way. have, I would definitely love to have a part two on this. Did you know one thing I'd love to discuss as well? Um, well, I don't know if it's my place to throw topics out there, but Go for it. absolutely, it is. Yeah, hey, is, three, um, three topics. Yeah, the the dance, let's say, between the divine masculine and the divine feminine, and I don't mean that to sound something that's either woo woo or esoteric or out there, but in my journey and in the journey of the men that we work with, they don't know that this is happening to them. They don't know that this is what they experience, but what they really experience is getting in touch with a side of themselves that they've never, they've never been exposed to. And because of that, the men we work with, there's a lot of problems in their marriage. And the reasons why they have problems in the marriage is because they're not there. They're there, but they're not there. And in that situation, the woman does one of two things. She either rises and becomes the alpha and leads and makes decisions for the family because he's either not there physically or he is, but he's not there emotionally. Or she falls and becomes anxious or depressed or sometimes even seeks salvation in the arms of other, of other men. And as guys, we often think that the way to provide is just to go out and make money, do my thing, go out, mm -hmm. make money, put the roof over the, the head, you know, uh, put food on the table. Awesome. I'm doing my thing. But that's, that's nowhere near the way that we ought to be providing as men. Uh, sure, it's one of the ways. But emotionally is the first way. And obviously, in order to provide emotionally for the people we love, our wives and kids, we've first got to be able to provide for ourselves that way. And I never knew this either for the first 28 years of my life. Hence why I was stuck in that cycle of chasing, chasing, chasing. Yet we've seen guys that have forexed their businesses over 12 months whilst reducing their hours by 66% and also reconnecting with the people they love by making these slight shifts. So it's... I'd love to share some of those, uh, those kind of insights uh, and I'll have a conversation with you because I think you'd have some cool insights on that as well. Uh, yeah, I, I would love that. There's an interesting thing you mentioned, the divine feminine. Um, there is uh, a caption somewhere that spoke on this because you think when you think the define or when one thinks the defined feminine or hears the defined feminine, um, Look at that. I found it just in time. We are running short, ladies and gentlemen. So this just, you know, is the wrap up. Um, the, we will be cutting this one off in a minute, uh, but I'm going to touch on the defined feminine. Uh, the defined feminine, by the way, is inside the masculine. Every male out there has 
feminine energy. You need to. This is where we connect. This is how you find your soulmate. This is two peas of a pod. Our feminine energy. This, this blew my mind when I read this. Eight signs you are repressing your feminine energy. Mm. You, don't, you don't trust your intuition. Your heart is closed. You feel a sense of numbness. You have a strong desire to be in control. <laughs> you struggle with receiving. Your body is very tense. You are disconnected from your emotions. <laughs> you have a strong physical pain down the left side of your body. So these... That's, that's where I was. Apart from the, the, the pain, it's exactly yeah. where I was. Totally. Yeah. And, and to me, this was amazing and including the pain because I was dealing with sciatica. Now I came across this and I thought to myself, I'm going to send this to a, a female friend of mine. And then I read it and like, I read it and I'm like, and then it touched me. And then I read it again. I'm like, Fuck, this is me. Right. <laughs> and then I, and then I started looking at the, fe the divine feminine energy. Um, and that was huge. This is actually going to be, uh, no, it's not. And how often as guys are we taught to repress that side because it's weak, right? Yeah, it's naturally occurring within all of us. And for guys, it's where your greatest ideas are going to come from. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and we think that, you know, we have to be somebody because we think that other people have to see us a certain way. Mm -hmm. But the people that are looking at us are only looking at the image that we see of ourselves. Uh, it is, it's extensive. It's extensive how powerful the nugget is that you just dropped on your way out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, I love it. So that was great. Um, and Tim, we're going to, we're going to pick you up. So we're going to do, I know you've got three minutes left, so feel free to do um, a sign off or where you can be found. Uh, and what we're going to do is I'm going to continue on and uh, you and I can touch base a little bit later, but I will, we're definitely going to set you up for a, a second interview, a second, a second hour. Um, but yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So, so right now, before we get going on the second one, where are, where, where are they, where are they going to find you? Where do you want them to go? Uh, yeah, it's so two, two options. If you feel so inclined, then you could overhead, head over to, uh, the alpha reset.com. If you want to find out more about how we help, uh, specifically businessmen or, you know, you can connect with me on Facebook as well. Like you said. Um, I think the URL, like uh, the powerful man Tim Matthews, I think is a personal profile. Um, or dive into our world at thepowerfulman.com. You know, whatever really is, takes your fancy. Absolutely perfect. Uh, and you can go and get, get going with your next meeting. I'll touch base with you a little bit later on today. Uh, and I yeah. will talk to you, my world, uh, as Tim goes. But honestly, man, uh, I had... I had more fun today than I thought I was going to have, um, <laughs> even though I, and that's, that's a, that's a tall order because I knew that I was going to enjoy connecting it's with you, to, finally connecting with you. It's good to under promise, right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> promise over deliver. Absolutely. Don't, don't you be taking up all the gold on this divine feminine and divine masculine piece. No, this is all you. This is, this is just a piece. This is something that, that uh, I noticed. And then, you know, you're bringing it back to the forefront. You're bringing it back. So, this is, this is, uh, it's great. Uh, all, all credit goes to you on the idea. Yeah, I want to be credit goes to in that conversation with you. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk on, I'm not going to talk on that. I'm just going to sign off properly. I'm just going to address my audience. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Just for the sake of, just for the sake of argument, I'm going to sign off right now, ladies and gentlemen. So just to anyone that's been listening for a long time, you know exactly where to find us. You know exactly what to do. Uh, Tim's going to be back on the show. I guarantee it. Uh, and in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. 
Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.